I'm your host, Patrick, and with me are my co-host, cohort, cousins, Justin and Derek. We are recording this episode on February 15, 2017. We're flying Missing Man Formation tonight, but Tyler will be back with us soon, and the terrible trio will be whole once more, so Devastator will return. Hope our listeners had a very happy Valentine's Day. Hope you loved the John Fogarty in the beginning. Hell, I know I did. But it's time to get back into pure hatred, as in I hate how long I have to wait for football to ramp back up. We do have an interesting nugget to dig into, however, here concerning another addition to the 2017 coaching staff. Bob Elliott, our secondary coach, uh, had a recent stint coaching at Notre Dame around the same time as Bob Diaco. I'll tell you, as a former, well, former, as an alt, as, as an always Husker fan, I was really going for Daniel Bullock's, uh, who was a candidate for the coaching job. He was a Husker cornerback. Um, you know, I had to take the old Husker hat off, and it was surgically affixed. That's why I was gone so long, folks. But uh, the point is, I think this is a great hire. Uh, and Justin, I, you're definitely, I can tell you're already excited about it based off of your laughter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think it's a great hire. You know, we, we finally we brought in a guy that knows Bob Diaco's defense. He knows him well. He coached him at Iowa, coached with him at Notre Dame. He knows this 3-4 defense. And what better person to bring in to help coach and teach the offense – or I'm sorry, the defense <laughs> uh, to to the coaches and then to help coach the the players. And this is new to everybody. You know, John Perella, he's played in the 3-4 defense, so he knows it well. But some of these other coaches that aren't around it so much, and the players definitely, they haven't been around it. You just need that extra body. And from what I'm gathering is Bob Diaco is going to be up in the booth uh, coaching the defense, uh, doing the play calling from up there, and Bob Elliott will be on the field. So I don't know how that will work, but – it's just good. You know, you talk about Daniel Bullock's and Daniel Bullock's tried up or he interviewed for the job. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he didn't get it only because I think right now you need experience. You need somebody in there to help that team, help the coaches and help the players learn this new defense. Mike Riley, you can tell that he has an urgency to win right now. Yeah. He's, he's just bringing in the top guys for the job to get it done. Who cares if he's 63, right? I mean, Mike Riley's 62. He's he's not going to be Old around there. Group. Old man group. Just get it done. Derek, do you have anything to offer? Well, you know, I I don't think it's a bad hire. I don't know that I'm super excited about it either. I, I don't think it was a, the, the best hire. I don't know that Daniel Bullocks would have been the best hire either. I, I was rooting for the guy. It would have been fun to see another Husker black shirt guy come in and to try to help coach his defense. Uh, Justin, you're right. I mean, the the experience of have knowing Bob Diaco's defense and bringing him in to help teach the not only the players but the other coaches it, it is going to be nice. But you know that my my concerns are the guy's last position was special assistant to the head coach, and that sounds like something like, "Hey, you're gonna get, get coffee for the head coach." I mean, it sounds like. <laughs> It sounds like like your main job was, well, we feel bad. We don't want to fire you because you've been a good part of this defense. So we don't want to get rid of you, but we're going to come up with this little special job for you. And, 
you know, the guy hasn't recruited for the last two years. So I don't know if he, with uh, recruiting, I don't, I, that concerns me some. Uh, is he going to be able to connect with some of these younger kids at 63? I, time will tell, but I, I, I I think there are definitely concerns with this hire. I don't think it's a terrible hire, though. I think at the trade-off with like the younger defense coordinator in Diaco with the more experienced uh, secondary coach with Elliott. I mean, maybe it'll be a balance there. Justin, do you have anything to add? Well, you know, Bob Elliott, he had a kidney transplant. You know, I mean, do we not do we know for sure that that wasn't the cause why he was moved into a different position or a coach or not even a coaching, but different position within the football team. I mean, special assistant, I mean, wow. kidney I mean, transplants. It's it's not like you got your wisdom teeth pulled, you know, <laughs> I, I no, get that. I get that. But does, that, that's, that brings up another concern of his health issues because he's had health issues before he had a, a blood transfer from some rare blood disease that he had. Prior to this, you have to wonder if his health is really good enough to stay active, too. All right, but do you have a timing when all this occurred? Because if we had a timing when all this occurred, maybe we could, you know, have a better picture of what his health is at now. I'm assuming he must be healthy, otherwise, they wouldn't have hired him. Yeah, the transplant happened in 2013, but I don't, that's not going to disqualify him from coaching. I mean, you know, he may not have been able to do it's right. four years later. I mean, surely yeah, everything's exactly. up He's, by now. Um, I, think, I think it's... Well, uh, I mean, th- that's all fine and dandy. Sure, he's healed from this one, but what's the next health issue? I mean, <laughs> oh, well, oh. <laughs> uh, that, that's presumptuous. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he can piss right from his kidneys now, so he should be good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we got some more uh, news as far as uh, some way too early polls for, pe- for those... Uh, pundits that don't have a life uh called the fpi um i guess we're ranked pretty low on it but um i really don't have a lot to <laughs> don't have a lot of input on this but maybe you guys can help me out here justin do you have uh, some input here as far as the fpi is concerned you know it's interesting the it came out this week in nebraska's 57 and what they did with this fpi they took uh, four measures here and uh, they took the last four seasons of performance on offense and defense and special teams, and then they weighed the most recent season, the heaviest out of them. Then they also took into account offensive and defensive returning starters, four-year average recruiting uh, ranking, and head coaching tenure. And? and they throw all this stuff into an algorithm and spits it out for all these teams. <laughs> And Nebraska fell at 57, which looks really bad on the surface until you start thinking about how they ranked it. And it's, I guess it's not terrible, but they, they did it for offense and defense offense ranked 82. And, uh, but if you think about it, yeah, that's well, where probably was the where we should ranked? be. Where was defense, the defense was ranked? 38. Yeah. So, bit you know, like it. What about the other big 10 teams? How do they all pan out from this? Uh, well, you know, we had three teams in the top 10 in this uh, worthless poll. You had Ohio State 1, Penn State 8, and Wisconsin 10. Yeah. And then you had, you know, Michigan, Northwestern, Iowa all in there. And then you had like five teams from the Big 10 all grouped together from 57 to 69. And that was Nebraska, Michigan State, Indiana, Minnesota, and Maryland. And, you know, this poll is going to change numerous times. But if you think about the offense, what's, what's going on, look, you know, you, 
you can't be too high on Nebraska when we lose our top two quarterbacks, three three of our top receivers, all of our tight ends that played a snap, our top uh, running back. You know, I mean, 82 is probably pretty good considering, right? All right. All right. Slow your roll here. Derek, <laughs> surely you have something to add here that'll give some optimism for this coming season. I mean, they haven't even seen us play the spring ball yet. Well, I mean, I was hoping to have something to add, but Justin kind of stole most of my thunder there. Uh you know, with all, with all we're replacing on offense, sure, I see why they're why they're ranking us so low. I mean, ju- you, Justin said it himself. I mean, we're sorry, two two starting or two quarterbacks. Although I do think we probably have uh, our second string quarterback next year will probably be better than our first string quarterback was last year. But there's really no telling that until you actually see him play. I mean. We don't know what the offensive line is going to do. We don't. We really don't even know who's going to be starting on offensive line, other than maybe a, one or two guys. I mean, we got some guys returning that had some starts, but you almost assume that some of these younger guys are going to come in and take over some of those starting spots. At least you hope that they can do better because our offensive line was terrible last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I see where they're coming from. I fifty-seven. It's, it's based at off first paper. seemed very. I don't it, think, it is. It is. Yeah. And, and and you know what? By the time this will be ancient history, so this by the is just time fill, this, is, this is filler time for our show, basically. <laughs> <laughs> when, when when the actual or the, when the actual polls come out, I don't think we'll be ranked that low. I I agree. Uh, finally got two quarter. Got some quarterbacks in that hopefully fit his system, and. uh yeah, let's see, let's see what we can do. We got some good wide receivers returning. We got some even better, possibly even better receivers coming in that we've recruited the last two years. Uh, yeah, I hey, there there's some playmakers on this offense. It's just a matter of getting them plugged in and playing. And it's just a matter of the national media recognizing them, which you know, thankfully, won't take too long. I'm sure we're going to have a BTN visit any you know any time during the spring. But well, don't get confused. It's not the national media making this ranking. This is just computers. Computers don't know anything exactly. other than the data entered in. You know, they're exactly. just they're just. It, it's all plug and play. You know, when the, when the computers read that you don't have any offensive starters returning at the skill positions, yeah, you're going to be weighted lower. The computers aren't taken into account on what's coming back. Are, you know, I'm not. I'm not. So, so, worry so about let me ask you I'm this, not, Justin. Yeah, I don't. Ahead. I don't. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. But are they taken into consideration of like Tanner Lee, who's probably our most likely starter in his experience at Tulane? Or is this like they're basically making him come in and look like a guy who's never started a game before? I was confused on that aspect because it takes into consideration transfer quarterbacks, but I'm not quite sure. You know, he's two years removed from that. I I don't know how that's weighed, actually. But obviously it's not very good because we're 82 on offense. Well, yeah, but he had had his struggles at Tulane, too, where – their offensive line just wasn't very good, and they said under pressure he just wasn't very good. Uh, so, I mean, well, that being said, hopefully our offensive line can get a lot better because if, if he starts getting pressured, I don't know if I want to see what he's going to do. Well, but in, in, any, in any case, the last – Probably the last, all the more reason I'm kind of 
The only time I'll listen to what a computer tells me is if it, you know, starts becoming self-aware and we got Skynet on our hands. So let's move on. Um, okay, so let's just move from the future and the potential there to past uh, Huskers. Uh, looks like we got news about the NFL Combine invites. Uh, two on the list. Seathan uh, Carter and Nate Gary. That's it? I mean, no Westercamp? Really? You guys have anything to add to that? I think it doubled the amount of what I thought would be there at the Combine representing Nebraska. I thought Nate Gary was going to be the only one that would receive the invite. You know, with Seathan Carter, it's great that he got the invite, but he was injured a lot last year, you know, half the year. And uh, Is it kind of a potential, though, they see this guy as maybe like the next Keith Jackson or whatever, you know? I, I have no idea. You know, I, I don't know what the scouts think about him. I mean – I guess he has the potential. I mean, he's sure. got good hands. He's versatile. He's, I mean, he's fairly quick. He had those wow. nice end around runs. He had well, those yeah. nice end around runs. Sure, those were pretty the, nice. He did. He had the nice end around runs. As far as nice hands go, I don't know if I'd give him that. He did <laughs> leave the big ten. We're talking about Nebraska pass. receivers here. Usually, nice hands don't enter into it. Well, I'm just saying. Unless he did Western lead camp. the big ten. He did lead the big ten this year and drop passes. Uh, <laughs> But I, I was a little surprised to see Seathan Carter getting an invite to the combine, you know. But and I was I, my biggest surprise was Westercamp not getting invited. After all the playmaking ability that he's proven over the last three years, how do you how does that guy not get invited? I, I still I mean, at the end of the day, the combine means nothing, and he'll probably get either drafted or at least picked up as a free agent somewhere. I assume he'll probably be drafted. Uh. But hey, let's just set a let's just set an honest goal here and hope that one of these two guys don't end up failing a drug test and making us look stupid like last. <laughs> oh, poor Randy! Poor Randy! Uh, a but, I mean, come on, you know a drug test of. coming for the combine. Yeah, you got to know better and just start smoking weed right before that, right? You know, I mean, th- th- there's a stat. I think it's still, I think it still holds true that Randy Gregory has failed more drug tests in the NFL than he's played in games. I mean, <laughs> well, I about, I about guarantee he's probably failed more drug tests than he has career sacks in the NFL. Uh, well, yeah, even games. But but let's talk about the combine here. Just because you get invited to the combine does not guarantee that you're going to get drafted. And also, just because you don't get invited to the combine doesn't mean that your NFL dreams are squashed. It could also. So I think a lot of these. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys will find NFL rosters. Like uh, I think Brandon Riley. I think there's. I think there's a home for him somewhere. Oh, West oh that bowl game, I would say there. so. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the thing about the combine is maybe they don't have a, a p- good picture of what you can do athletically out there, and they need to take a look at you. So maybe there's that. Maybe they got as much as they wanted from the other ones. I don't know. Uh, It'll be fun. I guess I skipped over something, so let's go into that real quick. Um, Trent Bray um, and John Perella both got pay raises on the coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, deserved, not deserved. Um, weigh in, gentlemen. I think it's deserved. I mean, I thought uh, Perella, I thought he did an excellent job in his first season as a Nebraska defensive line coach. This was a position that all of us thought a position group that all of us thought was just going to be absolutely terrible. We, you know, losing Vincent Valentine, Malik Collins, and Greg McMullen goes on hiatus. Mm-hmm. We all thought it was like, oh no, you know, what are we going to do? 
he he coached those young guys up pretty well for all considering, you know, he got yeah. them coached up and they looked good. Trent Bray, he did everything that he was supposed to do. I, I think there was a little bit of drop off with the linebacking core this year. I don't mm-hmm. know if his fault or not, whatever. But uh, it, it seems like, you know, he's, he's a young guy and uh, they might be trying to price him out of the market to uh, leave Nebraska. I mean, He's he's baking some pretty good dough there at Nebraska, and so yeah, yeah. but I think I, it's deserving. He might he might move on eventually, and maybe they're trying their best not to have that happen. Well, I mean, they they priced him so much that the only thing that he can take is a defensive coordinator position at a mid major school. I mean, and that could be a possibility. I mean, it, it is, be, but yeah, four hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money. And it's like same argument. There's head coaches like, that don't make that much money. Yeah, same argument with Osborne paying his assistants so much over the years. Uh, Derek, uh, do you have anything to add as far as that's concerned? Especially where like maybe recruiting could be a factor as well. Well, I, I think I think recruiting is the main reason these guys got raises. I mean, John Perella recruited or got four commits out of defensive linemen this year, and out of all four of those guys, all of them were. Re- four stars by at least one recruiting service and so i think that's huge i mean i i don't know that i was overly impressed with the performance of the defensive line this year but i think it was probably better than what we all expected absolutely uh, uh linebackers i do think they took a big step not a big step back but they definitely took a step back darren diedrich was a little disappointing this year Diedrich I, Young, you mean? watching his freshman year or Diedrich Young, I'm sorry. I uh, have a soft spot for Diedrich, uh, sir. But, so but again, recruiting, Trent Bray, Trent Bray, you know, I mean, he had three linebackers commit early, and he held on to all of them throughout the season. One of them's like the third best recruit we got out of the whole class. And so, yeah, I think he's a hell of a recruiter. And I think recruiting alone gave a raise, and probably deservedly so. All right, so counterpoint, gentlemen. What about the second half of the season? You know, old song and dance, but it was a it was definitely a reality that we had to face up to the fact that the defense was a disappointment in the second half. Do you think that? Well, you, you talk about that, but, I mean, obviously the coaches are anticipating that was a schematic problem, which is why they got rid of the defensive coordinator and Mark Banker. Mm-hmm. And so you can't punish the – position coaches because the, the the scheme wasn't right so i yeah i think uh they're absolutely impressed with what perella and bray bray are doing however could, the scheme just wasn't quite there yet it could also be a factor of i mean bray's bray's a good coach um and perella as you've said justin he's had experience in the three four so there's probably a little bit of that malleability uh, angle where hey you know they're going to be open to this new scheme they'll be they'll be quick to pick it up and they can you know teach their players so yeah we'll see what happens Justin. as far as penal as far as penalizing staff you know you just can't penalize the defensive staff for the second half of the season i think you can equally penalize the uh, offensive staff on the second half of the season i mean we were just lethargic on offense lethargic on defense i mean it it wasn't a good recipe, and obviously that's why we went two and six in our final 
well, uh, game. So. It could also be well, that, you know, two we've, and four. we've already... Two and four, I'm sorry. Two and four. We've already administered the switch enough. It's time to give them the carrot. So, hey, there's your carrot. Uh, let's move on from football. Uh, we got another sport coming up pretty soon, right around the bend. Nebraska baseball is cranking back up again with a weekend four-game stretch against uh, UC Irvine. Uh, so looking forward to that. I'm going to be listening to as many games as I can of that one, I'll tell you that. And then also we got Major League Baseball uh, spring training coming up. Um, you know, we got, with with the new uh, baseball season, we got new rules. So in that regard, what the hell is up with having a runner on second in extra innings? What the heck kind of blasphemy is that? Justin? Well, first of all, how dare you gloss over Nebraska baseball like that when we're getting ready to start it off? I'm actually stoked, guys. I'm really stoked for this weekend. I'm hey, equally stoked as you are, Patrick. I'm I'm stoked, but I'm keeping it realistic here. I mean, I, I I'm just I'm, not sure that Darren Erstad's the greatest coach we, we we could have had. I I've always liked Darren Erstad as a Husker player, but his success rate at Nebraska coaching baseball just really isn't that Derek bad. you're not taking into a you're not taking into account his experience as a major league baseball player the guy has got wisdom to spare with those youngins true true but there's a difference between guys who can play and guys who can coach just because you can play doesn't automatically mean you can coach I think I th- well I think you're wrong in this matter where I am going to say that Darren Erstad wins a conference championship this year. I think he's going to seal the deal and everything's going to be like, okay, yeah, he's here. Well, I hope you're right. I'll, see that. Back I'll a- see that and raise you a super regional. How's that? Oh, I would love that. And I mean, we got a lot of pieces coming back. Our pitching is going to be good. We got a great closer. Uh, the pitching's going to be great. Uh, the bats. I mean, I think this is the best team that Darren Erstad has had headed into a season. Apparently, so, preseason agrees with them. They got him in the preseason uh, twenty top yeah. twenty five. So it's it's going to be it's going to be memorable. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that this series is going to tell us maybe what we can expect from this Nebraska, you know, baseball team. If they get a sweep, but, I'm in like Flynn, baby. Well, in like yeah. Flynn. But, you know, with Nebraska baseball, just I guess with geography, I guess it is, it seems every single year, and I'm guilty of this every sure. single year, sure. we start off so slow. We're, we'll, we'll play 500 baseball or less for the first 10, 12 games, and it's like, you know, as soon as it starts warming up, then we start playing better baseball. But, but we but have a see, tendency just to slack but, off there in the beginning. But, but see, you're giving the advantage to the Southern baseball teams, and I hate that. They have it, though. Well, maybe the, maybe the Nebraska needs to hire Joe Madden. Yeah, you try, <laughs> to get him, you try to get him away from Chicago. We'll let you work yeah. on that, dude. Well, hey, remember, they're still playing in Arizona hey. for spring training. <laughs> hey, let, let's just, let me just tell you this, though. I am rooting for my Cubs to break a 109-year streak. You got a World Series. What more do you want? Bill Murray cried, for God's sake. It's been 109 years since we won back-to-back championships, though. <laughs> Damn right. The hell of a streak to try to break. Both of you you got to keep rooting for them, right? Bo- hell bo- yeah. Both of you keep the visions of world domination out of your heads because that's when you guys get loopy. All right. So uh, with that in mind, with the Major League, you know, 
years, the season popping back up again. Again, the rules thing. What in the hell is up with the runner on second in extra innings? Why are they adding that? It makes no sense. Talk some sense into me. Well, this is a uh, situation of trying to speed the game up. There's another rule change that they're talking about that where the pitcher's no longer going to throw four pitches for an intentional walk. Well, this doesn't speed the game up, guys. That this I does can, nothing. That I, can, that I can halfway understand because no, because you know, you're not saving any time. You you're you're intentionally walking maybe one or two guys. I mean, if you're intentionally walking more than two guys in a game, you're, you're not, not doing playing. it right. <laughs> I mean, so I mean. Even if you do, you're saving yourself a minute to maybe two minutes tops. Okay. It's not like they're I'll, spending 20 I'll minutes intentionally that. walking guy. As far as the, the guy on second base, they, uh, you know, to me, all this is doing is just creating more extra innings rather than trying to stop the game earlier. It's just you're, you're giving a guy that's going to be in a scoring position and both teams are going to get that same advantage. So both teams are probably going to score that one run or, you know, and so all you're doing is instead of going to 10 innings, you're going to 12 or 13 innings. I, I think it, 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 it intrigues me just in the matter of, I just want to see you, how this has played out. I am you unsure. You want to see this on its face. Admit it. Come on. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think the games kind of get too long. I mean, but that's the, but this doesn't shore it up. No, 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 no. I mean, God, remember and, and, and baseball the goes forever and football has regimented time. I mean, you don't want to mix those the, two. The problem is, is this doesn't speed this doesn't speed the game up ultimately. I mean, as far as maybe the right. extra inning games, maybe it speeds it up. But I mean, how many extra inning games? I mean, it's not like you go into extra innings every game. So you're not really speeding things up. If you want to speed things up, start getting rid of some of these commercials or or get or or give the picture a advertisers. Advertisers you can. money. You can. Th- this is no Baseball different. is a multi-billion-dollar corporation. They could stand to lose a hundred billion dollars on a few commercials. falling behind base- basketball and football. They just don't want to lose that profit. Justin, okay, go ahead. So this is no different than college football when they do their overtime rules, where you start on the top where you start on the 25 25 yard line. line, Okay. You have the advantage. Okay. You could get it done in regulation, go to the 25 and see what happens. Okay. In soccer, if soccer goes, soccer's way too long anyway, but if it goes (laughs) too long and it goes forward, that's the part that kills me. The clock goes forward. Yeah. I I never know when it ends. It's like, Oh man, it's like, how are you adding time? And then, uh, yeah, eventually, you know, when they can't add any more time, they do these uh, these sudden death kicks. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, well, we're tired of playing soccer. Just just cheat a little bit. But don't and you let's think see who can score here? But don't you think we're kowtowing to this the, ADD generation that can't even read a sentence yeah. without getting bored? Look, I mean, they're this, spending so this much to time on their stupid this, phone, their stupid apps, and they're not paying attention to what's going on in the field, which is what baseball is all about. It is about paying attention. It is about patience. It is about the long game instead of all these short, you know, spur of the moment is the gratification stuff. That's fine for nine innings, okay? After nine innings, 
It's time to get my ass out of the stands and go home. So you put somebody on second base and let's wrap this thing up because uh, the concession stand and the beer line, they just closed at the beginning of the ninth inning. You know, don't go, don't go 15 innings. You're an wrap old, it up. bitter well, man, Derek. Well, I mean, to me, this, all this rule, it changes is a uh, little league. We got to get home BS rule. You know, this was like your little kids and you were playing out on the field and the streetlights came on. We got to hurry up and try and get the game over with. Ringing yeah, I know. It's a, it's a big boys game. It's just hang, a BS rule. It's dumb. It, yeah. it solves nothing. And uh, as, far, as far as speeding the game up goes... As far as speeding the game up goes, I mean, you might speed up a few games throughout the year, but if you want to speed the game up, give these pitchers a clock on how long they have to throw the ball. Yeah, I agree with that. There was yeah. a game I watched last year with uh, the Cubs and the Dodgers. And there was this Dodgers pitcher, relief pitcher, came in, and, and he, he took literally like nine seconds every throw. Ball. He just virtually walked on the mound, and it was just, it was just redon- it was redonkulous. It was stupid. Sitting here watching this guy walk around doing nothing for. 90 seconds then finally he throws a ball and every strike it was the same thing or every ball he threw was the same thing it was terrible it was what's funny is about that it's it's like all the relief pitchers that do that they're all they're always like these really fat out of shape guys because you know after they pitch they walk down the mound and then when the catcher throws it back to him you know they they hike up the mound and it's like they just hiked you know half a mile and they're like all out of breath and you know they got to kind of stretch it out and stuff Get your ass in shape, man. Get your ass in shape and throw that darn ball. Because I, I apologize yeah. to all the relief pitchers out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all of them. But, yeah, you know, basketball has a shot clock. Football has a play c- clock. There's even a shot clock in golf. Why can't a pitcher have a shot or a pitch clock, you know? Again, I refer back to the George Carlin joke, but let's move on. Uh, and the other big rule, thank God for this, is that the All-Star game is finally getting – back to some sanity everything's back to normal it's all about bragging rights and that's the end of it gentlemen all right well just 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 a little history lesson for people out there before before the all-star game decided the home field advantage for the world series it used to go Every other year was American League, and every other year was National League. I remember that. Which which really wasn't a whole lot better. But at least it was balanced out. But they finally have it right. They finally have the team with the better record has home field advantage, which is the way it should be. I I agree with that. I agree. And honestly, as much as I hate the All-Star game, being the deciding factor for for home field advantage, it really worked into my Cubs uh, advantage all last right, year. Right. Because... Ta- taking out your personal advantages well, with your I'm personal just, teams and whatnot, objectively, but, do you think this is the better option? I mean, it makes a lot more sense. No, I think you're right. Absolutely better option. This is the way it should be. This is the way all sports should be. If you have the better record, you should have home field advantage. I want to put that... And, I want to make the meme and, out of that. You're going to get your memes. I'm going to make a meme out of that. And the game is supposed to be a break for the players. I mean, yeah, the fans enjoy it, but it's really supposed to be a break for the players. Not, hey, be more competitive. Derek, I yeah. love you. I've never loved you more than I do right now, sir. Justin, 
I love the way that they did the All-Star game. Put something, put some meaning to the game. You know, let these managers coach a real game. Let these players compete for something. And, you know, it's it's home field advantage. That's something to play for. Unless you're going to do some monetary uh, reasoning for to put something on the game, then then it's stupid. I, I, I really enjoyed the fact that they played for home field advantage. And uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to not to play for play for anything. It, it really doesn't. I'm what about the what about the game? The game itself. It, it, I mean, it, I think the players it, are in it for, you know, the game. They respect the game. They know what a big deal it is. I mean, they've been through the home oh, run yeah. derby. They're already yeah. Yeah, you're right. Look, look at the Pro Bowl. Look at the Pro Bowl and the NFL. That's a NFL. whole different thing. That, Why? That has completely lost its meaning because there's absolutely no competition involved. At the end, okay. of the, at the end of the day, you still have to deal with the pitching. You still have to deal with the fact that all the balls are not going to leave the yard. Most of them right. are going to end up in the park. Most look at the NBA All Star Game. That is an absurd comparison. You're talking about a. You're talking about. <laughs> You're talking about all-star games where there's no meaning whatsoever for it. It's just it's the way like, okay. That's what it should, should be. should be. If you, if you want to really? make meaning to it and if you want to put competition into it, give the winners a bigger bonus than the losers. And, and, and I'm okay Don't with that. decide the World Series factor on a game that half the player, probably 75% of the players playing, had no reason to even care if they were – if they got home field advantage, if, right. if there's some monetary gain, then I, I'm all for that. You know, like what, what, what I mean by that is if, if the winners get a hundred thousand and losers get, you know, 15,000, whatever that is, which by the way, should be happening in boxing by the way, but that's for another story. Uh, but if you're going to do that, I'm okay with that, but they're not doing that. So put some meaning on the game. How many pro bowls have you guys watched in the NFL? The same amount that I've watched the All-Star games in the baseball. <laughs> oh, really? So you don't watch the All-Star game at no, all? No. You don't watch it last year when it was I all filled up with the Pro Bowl. Bowl. I, I watched the Pro Bowl since Tr- the Truthfully, no. I, I watched I watched like probably 80% of the Cubs games. I did not watch the All-Star game. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry for you. I guess. In I mean, any case, in any case, think. But we, can I mean, all, it, we can all it, agree it, on this. We can all agree on this. We need to take the voting outside of the fan, out of the fans' hands. Yes. I, it's got to go back yes, to the. It's got to go back to Major League Baseball. Go. Because the yeah, fans I mean, are abusing their privilege as fans to, to vote. Unless they do it fairly and objectively, there's no point. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's all because you know all the all the teams that live in. Areas with good internet and all the people have access to internet, they're gonna flood the uh, polls, you know. Otherwise... So, so remember, so remember, rural-based uh, internet people move to the city. Okay, let's end this uh, episode, <laughs> and that will do it for us here at the Cuzcast. You can inter- you can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to follow us on Podbean. You can find us on Player FM, and we're also available on iTunes. Don't forget to like us and write a review. Shout out to Nebraska beating Penn State last night. Woo-hoo-hoo! Edward Morrow back to lay down some truth with 12.7 boards and no fouls. Not a zip zero. Jack McVeigh even half-court shots getting profiled on SportsCenter. I don't know how the season is going to end, but with the youngins pulling their weight and Isaiah Roby and Evan Taylor and two chains Chamonga, 
Just a lot to ride off on for a triumphant finish in the Big Ten. Thank you to our listeners for getting us to 800 downloads and for your continuing support. We'll keep it going as long as you're right there with us, and we couldn't do it without you. Have a superlative President's Day weekend. Get well, Coach Snyder, and beat that throat cancer. Go Big Bruce!